Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm sure you can hear me, right? Um, uh, beautiful sharing. Leonard, I couldn't agree more. Um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I've, I've learned a lot from doing the, some of the courses I've learned of the Foursquare. Um, I grew up going to uh, an Assemblies of God uh, denomination or, um, you know, but uh, when I came here and I told my father, um, I'm going to congregate in this new church with a new congregation. And I told him, but they're four square. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that means. And my dad's like, that's fine. Go there. I know what that is. You're fine there. Um, and the more I've learned and, and the impact that, um, I don't know if you know a little bit of the history of the four square church. It's the importance of, of being uh, missionary minded, uh, evangelistic and the importance of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I'm just so glad you shared that today. And like Brooke said, my baptism happened when I, real quick, this isn't part of the message, but it happened when I was in, uh, in Bethany University before they closed down. Uh, and it was, uh, someone in, someone came and preached and said, does anybody want to receive this experience? This, you know, um, I'd been in church my whole life and I was just, I, I've seen people, you know, speaking in tongues and, and raising their hands and, and, and I was like, I have to, I have to see what this is about then, you know, even though I've known about it or seen it. And he made a simple invitation and we were in the auditorium and he just asked, you know, whoever wanted to stand up and, and we did. And, and I, I remember it vividly in my head and it was, it was, it was life changing. Um, and as much as life gets difficult and as hard as it may get, when you experience that, uh, you realize that there is no better way that, than to continue with the Lord. And so I, I, I've shared my few, a few hardships in life here and there, and it's made me want to stop, but never uh, take a step back. You, you, know, you know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's made me stop and question stuff and, and my faith sometimes, but at the end of it all, I, I come back to moments like that, and I say, Lord, uh, you're real in my life. and. I got to keep going. So thank you. I appreciate you sharing that uh, very much. So, um, and so I, I uh, when Pastor Stewart kind of asked me to, <laughs> to share, right, um, I'm, I always get a little nervous, a little uh, flustered because I'm like, okay, I'm, I, I don't tend to do this often, but um, um, it's always welcome and it's, it's always a privilege to do it. So um, let's get right into it. I'm going to say a quick word of prayer and then we'll We'll say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for the, everyone that managed uh, to make their way here today, Lord. I am uh, positive that they will receive something from you because uh, what we're going to be discussing is your word, not just my thoughts or my feelings or, or what I think, but uh, what your word says about who you are and who we are. Uh, I thank you for everyone here, Lord, uh, that your Holy Spirit may guide this conversation and that everyone who's here may be receptive to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, um, I, I, uh, I, when I, Pastor Stewart asked me to share, he, you know, I, I asked him, what do you, what should I share about? Should you have any pointers or any suggestions? And like, you know, typical fashion, he's like, nope, just whatever. It's Christmas time. If you want to do something Christmassy or, or something Christmas related, go for it. If not, it's fine. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of leaves me, but it, it opens up, you know, whatever God's, uh, speaking to you. And, um, that's one of the best things I've learned from him was whenever you're going to share, don't overthink it. 
whatever God's speaking to you, whatever God's uh, instructing you, whatever the Holy Spirit is kind of guiding you to to do and to and to work on in your life, uh, 99% of the time there's going to be someone else that's having those questions or going through that process. So share what the Lord is speaking to you in your life. And so that kind of uh, made it a bit easier. And so uh, the way I kind of came up with this message, like, like, like many times, uh, we were doing a sacred reading actually here. We were reading on, on John, and, uh, and John talks about, his introduction talks about who Jesus is and uh, how the Word became flesh and how he came to earth and describes Jesus' deity. And so we were reading the sacred reading that day, and I kind of um, went on ahead and started reading a few more, more verses ahead. And, um, and I came across this passage we're going to be talking about is in uh, first, uh, not first John, uh, John, uh, let me see here, John 30, John 1 verses 35, uh, through 51. Now I kind of, I know it seems like a lot, but, uh, we'll, we'll get through it. Um, you know, we should, uh, we should read the Bible at least on Sundays, right? <laughs> but, um, it, I read, I read ahead as we were doing the, 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 the sacred reading and I, I came up across this passage and I, I've never, I don't know if you guys have ever read a, a passage and you kind of just stop and say, Lord, there's something here, something that you want to, you want to tell me or share with me. And, but I don't know what, I don't know what it is. And, and, and I read it over and over again and I wrote it down and, and I said, I'll read it later. Uh, fast forward two weeks later, Pastor Stewart asked me to share. And so, okay, I was like, maybe that's, that's why. Um, I didn't know I was going to share before. Like I said, I, I, I read this, but he, he's like, you know, you should share. I'm going to be out of town. Is that okay with you? And I said, okay. And I revisited this passage and I said, Lord, it kind of, it kind of goes in hand with, with the message he shared the week before. I don't know if you guys were here last week, but he talked a little bit about, you know, John the Baptist and, and Mary and Elizabeth gathering and the joy that Elizabeth felt and, 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 and all that. And, and the passage that I kind of, um, the Lord spoke to me kind of continues that, um, right into John the Baptist's ministry and to Jesus' first um, um, gathering of his disciples. And so it's not very Christmassy, but it kind of is, um, because, uh, you know, John kind of skips all of the, you would call the Christmas story, right? It goes right into uh, the ministry of John the Baptist. Um, John starts off by saying, like I said, who Jesus is, um, his deity, it talks about the words, just gives a beautiful explanation of how the incarnation came to be, uh, how Jesus came into this world, and it just dives right into John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness, uh, baptizing people, and Jesus coming onto the scene. And so it kind of skips what we could call the traditionally, you know, the the, 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 you know, Mary asking for, for a place to stay and the, and the angel visiting them and, and it goes right into that. And so that's what I want to share on today. Um, I've titled this message as, uh, as a come and see, uh, as an invitation from our Lord to us. And we're going to be going over three points. Um, what are you seeking? Extend the invitation. And the last one is you will see. And so, like I said, we're going to go through these, uh, through this, through these verses. Uh, and we'll discuss some, and and like I said, we'll we'll, we'll touch on these three points, um, and I hope it's a, it's a blessing to you guys as well. So, uh, if you have the paper there, you can follow along with me on, uh, like I said, on John one verses thirty five, uh, and it simply starts off as uh, the next day, John John the Baptist uh, was there again with his two disciples, and God looked and uh, and he looked at Jesus, 
as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And so we're going to pause there on these first uh, couple of verses, 35 to 38. And the question of what are you seeking is our first point. is still relevant today as much as it was 2,000 years ago. And it's the question that I felt the Lord was asking me when I first read this passage. Um, I don't know about you all, but I've, you know, life is a journey of, of seeking. Uh, some of us are seeking uh, redemption, approval. Um, some of us are seeking uh, new opportunities, healing perhaps of, of the body, of the mind, of, you know, of the spirit. Um, it's a continual seeking. And so, uh, these two disciples that we see here in, uh, with, with John the Baptist, um, in prior verses, you can see them being, uh, you can say, um, devout followers of John and his message. Um, the main message John came to bring, as you guys know, most likely, was that there was someone coming ahead of him. He was preparing the way for that a Messiah. And so before this time, it says the next day John was there again. So the, the, the verses before, John had already been preaching, and he had already seen Jesus one time. And he had already pointed him out in the crowd. And so the next day when he pointed him out, when he pointed him out again, his disciples did not hesitate. And, and in my mind, I like to think that um, perhaps in their alone time, John would, would explain to them who this person was, who Jesus was. So when the second time around came and he pointed him out, the disciples did not hesitate and they decided to join Jesus. And the first question that Jesus asked them was, what are you seeking? And so today I want you guys to kind of think about that. Um, in your life, um, I know some of us have been Christians for a while, maybe uh, some of us longer than others, um, but are we still seeking something from the Lord? And, and when I say that, I don't mean um, something just to material or something to gain from Him, but are we still seeking Him like we were when we first encountered Him? Um, and that's the question I ask myself, Lord, what Am I seeking from you? Um, am I just seeking to fit in? Am I just seeking um, some momentary um, just experience? Or am I seeking you because of who you are? And so that's the first question I would like to you guys to kind of um, think about. Um, like Brooke mentioned, I, I'm glad he mentioned that uh, about his um, his cabin leader, right? He approached them and kind of pointed him towards, uh, kind of reaffirmed him in his belief. Um, I don't know about if in your life, uh, but certainly in mine, there's always been someone or some circumstance um, that initially pointed me towards Christ. Uh, for some of us, it might have been our family. We might have grown up in, in the church. Um, maybe some of us along the way, we've, we've, we're in a dark place and and God found us. Every time my father shares his story with me about how he came to Christ, it kind of just impacts me. Um, I remember at first I, I would think and I would say, I don't have a story like that. Jeez, dad, you went through all that, really? You know, you went, you battled addiction and you, you know, fought, you battled rejection. Your parents kicked you out of the house and these inc incredible hardships that's, you know, like I said, maybe some of you have also, you know, experienced. 
And I would think to myself, I don't have a story like that. Jeez. And I grew up in the church. I, I mean, I, I, I've known about this, but I still had to, you know, go through my journey. Uh, just because you're born in a Christian home, and this is something I was been taught, doesn't mean that the, the Christian message is going to be born in you. That, that, that decision comes from us. And so I had to learn that as I was, I was growing up. And so I came to kind of like a fork in the road and I said to myself, do I want to continue to seek this truth or do I want to kind of go on my own route? And uh, well, here I am and, and here you are as well. Um, so I want you to think of this. Um, there must have been someone or something in your life that pointed you to Christ. John was that person for these two disciples. Once his time was coming to an end, his ministry was coming near, he pointed his people, his disciples, his followers, the people that heard him towards the Christ, and the people listened. Um, as we read further, um, it says, um, verse 38, Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? So the, the question that they had for him uh, or the response wasn't necessarily a first reaction. It was an inquisitive uh, response. They asked him, you know, where are you staying? And so in my life, when I, when I, like I said, when I read this, I said, Lord, this, at first I didn't understand this response. You know, if, if, if Jesus would have asked you, hey, what are you seeking? Maybe the first thing you would have said, I'm seeking healing. I'm seeking health. I'm, I'm seeking you. I'm seeking the Messiah. I'm, you, you bring out your grocery list of stuff that you're needing and seeking your wish list. But their response was something that I want to have in my life. It was inquisitive. Where are you staying? And I said, Lord, what, what, what does this, uh, this response mean? And, and what I felt the Spirit telling me is, I, I want to spend time with you. I want to get to know you in a private place. I want to get to know you intimately. I want to get to know who you really are. I don't want to just, and this is kind of like the basis of my message, I don't want to just kind of follow you based on what they've been told. John has been calling you out and saying, you're the Messiah, you're the Lamb of God, you're this and that. But I want to confirm for myself, where are you staying? Let me get to know you. Oftentimes we follow, or I was guilty of this growing up. Like I was in church because my parents brought me along. They told me this is the way, this is what we do. And so I followed along. It is not until I figured it out on my own and said, Lord, where are you staying? I want to get to know you privately. And so this is their response. Where are you staying? And his invitation was a simple one. He said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. And so my invitation for you guys as well is this. Lord, where are you staying? I want to get to know you in such a way that will, for saying this word, convince me. And I know sometimes you might you might hear this and say, well, I've been in church already. Like, what are you, I don't need convincing. But there's been times in my life where I need to be reassured that God hasn't left me, that God is still with me, uh, that He's still sovereign, that He's still forgiving, that He's still loving. There have been times in my life, like I said, I base my circumstance. Sometimes I want to place my faith on my circumstance and say, this is, this is happening. That must mean that God is nowhere near me, or maybe I felt God, or, or and, and, and I constantly need to be reassured. And I'm so glad Leonard shared that, that 
The best way to be reassured is through his word. And so when I read this, this passage again, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. And so I want to encourage you, uh, the first point, what, you know, what are you seeking um, to spend time with the Lord? Come away with him. Set aside some time. And like I said, this is our, these are points that were, you know, being spoken to me when I was kind of coming up with it. Um, Lord consistently invites me to spend time with him. And sometimes I just kind of, I'm too busy with work. I'm tired. I, I get home and, you know, kids are screaming and yelling and babies crying. And I'm just like, I need to unplug for a little bit. I'll, I'll get home sometimes. Lay doesn't I'll just sit in the car. You know, I tell, I, sometimes I, you know, at least it's home and there's kids crying and it's like, they tell me it beats, um, dealing with adults that behave like kids at work. Cause, you know, that's a, that's a little bit harder than dealing with kids. Um, and so I, you know, I, I sometimes I make these excuses, but I know that God is consistently asking me, come and you will see, come and spend some time with me. And so that was our first point right now. Uh, Jesus is not taken aback by our questions. He's not, he doesn't get spooked by, you know, by your, your inquiries. Um, so ask away. Um, ask away in privately. And, and, and uh, we skipped a few verses and hopped down to 45. But what happens in those moments, um, if you read on your own time from verses, um, 30, uh, 30, from verses 40 down to 44, something happens to the disciple Andrew who ends up being one of Jesus' longtime disciples, something happens in that quiet time with Christ that convinces him of the message that John was sharing with him. Um, I didn't write it down because we're going to keep reading, but in your own time, something radically um, happens when he spends time with Jesus that he comes back pretty much inviting his brother Peter to come and meet Jesus as well. So, like I said, in your own time, if you want to read through that, that's that's perfectly fine. We'll, we'll jump down to verse 39. It says, He said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying. So they came and saw where... Uh, he said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and he stayed with them that day, for it was about the tenth hour. I know I... Uh, I don't know, you guys have... Uh, been you ever said this phrase i won't believe until i see right um how many times have you guys said that right in your life and it's it's a common phrase um um like i said um christ is not taken aback from that sometimes our 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 like our our doubts our insecurities or our own uh, flaws um his constant invitation is the same um coming you will see and so, uh, verses 45 says, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come uh, out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. So the second point I want to address with us is uh, extend the invitation. Extend the invitation. So a quick little um, history here. If, um, as we as you read along on those, like I said, those passages that I kind of skipped over, um, Jesus approaches Philip. As he sees him, he invites him to follow him as a follower. He too 
spends time with Jesus and to the point where he is convinced of who Jesus is. And his next immediate action is to go out and reach out for some, to someone. And the person he comes across is Nathaniel. Um, and it's, it's, it was a, it's a bit funny to me if you read the, if you read the passage there, um, Jesus finds Philip. Jesus sees Philip. Jesus invites Philip. Philip accepts. But his first reaction is, hey, we found him. Philip kind of takes a little bit of the credit as if Jesus was lost or something, right? Um, he says, hey, Nathaniel, we found Jesus. We found the one that the prophets had spoken about. And as I was reading that, I was like, Jesus found you. Jesus came up to you. Jesus called you. Jesus told you to follow him. All you did was follow him. Um, I'm not, you know, it's not, I'm not saying he's like in the wrong or anything, but he just, it was just a funny like reaction when I read that. Um, uh, we found him. Um, so um, sometimes we, you know, tend to take a little credit for ourselves, you know, you know, when it's all goes back to Christ, right? Um, uh, and in my own life, the small victories, the, the small things that I've done in life, um, just this little passage reminds me to kind of always give credit back to Christ. And I'm not saying, again, Philip was, you know, wrong or anything like that. It's just, it makes me laugh a little bit when I, when I read it. I'm like, uh, we found him. I was like, I don't know. He found us. Um, so again, Philip was convinced through and through of who he just encountered. Um, and in your life, uh, similar to mine, uh, we've experienced, I'm sure all of us have, ex- have experienced Christ um, in a way that should at least compel us to share him with someone else. Um, and this is something the Holy Spirit is kind of teaching me and leading me in. Um, if Christ has revealed himself in a life-changing way to you or to me, you know, why keep that to ourselves? Why not extend that invitation? Um, the Holy Spirit has convicted me of this uh, several times, and a little conviction is fine once in a while. Don't get, don't get scared. You know, being convicted, uh, I remember um, a pastor once told me, being convicted is a good sign that you're, <laughs> the Holy Spirit is still talking to you, um, that the Holy Spirit is still reminding you that there's stuff in your life that you need to work on and that there's still a, a relationship there he wants to continue to have. Um, and he told me, be worried when you have no conviction of the wrongs you do. When you mess up, when you do something wrong and you have no conviction anymore, worry about that. He says, but once you're like, I mean, I'm not talking about like every day just walking around like worried and, oh, I shouldn't do this. But once you have those moments of like, geez. I need to spend more time with you, Lord. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have taught that. I shouldn't have reacted that way. Lord, help me. If you don't have those anymore, I I, I want to invite you to spend that time with Christ and tell him, Lord, (laughs) I need to have that in my life. I need to have your voice uh, speak to me. Um, Speak to me, Holy Spirit, when when, when things aren't, uh, when I'm not doing the the correct actions. And so, um, like I said, if if Christ has revealed himself to us in such a powerful way, let us not keep that to ourselves. Um, we all know someone, I'm sure, that can hear um, or that needs to hear that message. Um, as skeptical as um, Nathaniel was, and uh, you know, um, Nazareth wasn't known as one of the big cities. It's a small town. Um, nothing major ever occurred there. And so that, that's the reason for his reaction, right? We found him. The one who Moses and the law and all the prophets wrote about. 
Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And his reaction was, uh, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of that place? And Philip's reaction wasn't something like, hey, what do you mean? This is the, his simple reaction was, come and see. Come and find out for yourself. Um, ask him for yourself. And, and so, uh, like I said, the second point is just kind of very clear. Extend the invitation. If you know of someone, if, if, if relative or, or friend, um, don't be afraid to extend that invitation. Don't be afraid of that um, kind of, um, if they're, their doubts or their, or their worries, um, the invitation is simple. Come and see. Come and see for yourself. As we read further, um, verse 47. Somehow Nathaniel was convinced. Okay, let's go check it out. Um, like many of us, I have to see this for myself, right? I can't just take it out of, uh, take your word for it. Let me, let me go find out what the fuss is about. And, and, and part of the, part of the title of the message is due to our kind of inquisitive nature, you know? Um, we're constantly seeing, we're, we're, I mean, at least personally, I see it with my kids. Uh, they can't see me huddled over here doing something without both of them kind of crouching over, moving me over. They want to see what I'm doing. If they see mom leave the room there, they go after mom. If they see me open the door, dad, what are you doing? Dad, where are you going? If they see me grab the keys, that's, I mean, that's their sign for them to go. So it's, it's a constant battle of me like telling Larry, I grab them and I'm going to go out the door. I'm just going to go grab it. And then you, you, you hold them. Okay. <laughs> Teamwork. And so she's like holding them down or distracting them so that I can like leave in it. And it's part of our, our you know, inquisitive nature to, to want to know. At least I think it is. You know, I, I, if, you know, I, I don't want, I want to verify it for myself. I want, I want to see what you're telling me, see if that's true. And so I want to see that Nathaniel felt that way. Nathaniel was like, okay, I want to see what this fuss is about. This character, this um, coming Messiah was something that all Jewish people knew about. The oncoming Messiah, it wasn't little news what he was sharing with them. It wasn't like, hey, this is another problem. This is it. All the Jewish people knew about, about, this, about this figure that they were waiting for. And so this wasn't just like, you know, little news here and there, another political figure. No, this was it. For them, for the Jewish people and for the world, this was it. This was the Messiah. And so it was big news when, 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 Philip, when, when Philip told him, this is the person we've been waiting for, with all, uh, of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote about. All the prophets before, before, before this time, Moses had written about the uncommon Messiah. The prophets before them had written about the uncommon Messiah and the salvation of Israel and the liberation. And, and so when, when, when Philip brought these news, this, these weren't little news. So I could have seen why Nathaniel might have been taken aback, like, really? The hope of the world is coming from Nazareth? This is, really? Okay, let's, let's find out for ourselves. And so, um, verses 47 says, Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathaniel said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And so Nathaniel makes his way over to wherever Jesus was at that time. And before 
as you can see, before Nathaniel approached Jesus or even got close enough or even interacted with Jesus, Jesus called him out. And it always brings me great joy when I read this passage because Jesus could have said, hey, I heard you doubting over there. I heard you talking that you know you didn't believe, or I heard you talking smack about my my hometown, Nazareth. That's where I'm from. Why why did you say that? No, the first thing that Jesus said about Nathaniel was, "He's a true Israelite, in whom there is no deceit." Jesus pointed out his qualities. He pointed out his potential. He pointed out who he was, rather than pointing out his uh, defects. Um, a man like any of us who is full of doubt or full of maybe worries, who knows what you know what could have been going on through Nathaniel's head. Um, Jesus went and said, "You are a man of integrity, and you have no deceit in you." Nathaniel's kind of taken aback and says, "How do you know me?" In other words, yeah, I'm I'm an honest guy. I'm a straight shooter. How do you know that about me? And Jesus' response is, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Like Nathaniel, Jesus saw us before anyone ever told us about him. He saw us in our situation. He sees us now. And that, that word, that phrase, um, I saw you goes beyond just the physical. It goes beyond just seeing you in your present situation, but it sees you um, for who you are. And so I want to encourage you today that even though we might be, I don't know what your situation might be or you know what may be going on through your head, um, Jesus sees you. And it, like I said, it goes beyond the physical. It goes beyond just me seeing all of you present. When Jesus told Nathaniel, I, I saw you under the fig tree. And then he goes on and tell him to tell him, you're a man of no deceit. You're a true Israelite. That indicates to me that Jesus saw inside and he saw his heart. He saw his mind. And so I want to encourage you today to take heart. Jesus sees us. He sees our struggle. He sees our potential. Um, Nathaniel is one of the disciples that I try to kind of do some research on him, but you really don't hear a lot of mention about Nathaniel. He was mentioned here in the book of John, but um, he was convinced to the point of Jesus' encounter with him that he followed him all into his death. Um, and so I want to encourage you today um, to take heart that even in our situation, God sees us for who we are and what we can do with him. Um, and lastly, the, the last verses, um, Nathaniel said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Um, I kind of uh, chose that uh, the sacred reading today based on that that. Um, Declaration from from uh, from Nathaniel. You are the Son of God. 
you are the king of Israel. I, I want to say, I don't know, maybe I, I need to be more scholar, maybe Leonard can help me out, but I think I want to say that Nathaniel was probably the first person to confess Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Um, the other disciples might have recognized them as the Messiah, as the uh, oncoming Savior, but Nathaniel was the first person I could see that has that declaration. You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And so um, I know a lot of us, like I said, have many testimonies of, of power and, and life-changing and um, things that we've, we've, we've uh, witnessed um, encounters that we've had with Christ. Um, so extend that invitation to someone else with your story. The last point is you will see. Um, Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending. Um, the last point I want to make with you guys is um, he's not done with us yet. There's still much for us to see. Um, I know that sometimes, you know, we might be older, or might be younger. Um, and sometimes we might feel like we're done. Uh, my father and I talk a lot. I feel like I've, I've developed a better, deeper relationship with him now that, that I'm older, that I'm a father myself. Um, and uh, we were talking the other day, and he's, he's coming close to retiring. He's retiring young. Um, he's only 57, but he said he's done. He's like, I'm done. Um, he's been, he lives in Stockton and he drives every day to Palo Alto. He's been doing that for years. And on top of that, he's a senior pastor at a church. So he was thinking of retiring. He's going to retire in December. Um, and he, you know, I said, dad, you're done. What are you going to do now? Um, are you going to kick back? What do you, you know, his, his dream is to retire in Mexico and kind of just live out there and, and so I, you know, I, I was talking to him and I was like, Dad, you, you deserve a little rest, you know? And, and, and he said to me, I'm going to retire and I think I'm going to start a church in Mexico. And I said, you're not retiring then. He's like, no. And I, I, at first I didn't get that. I was like, Dad, what do you just, you know, relax? And he told me there's still work to be done. Still yeah. <laughs> Essentially, um, this was weeks ago. That's his dream. Um, his kind of, you know, what he wants, but he always says whatever the Lord wants. Um, things have worked out. Uh, a gentleman told me this a long time ago, because I retired in 98. So I thought. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, we can retire from our jobs. You know, me as a teacher. Yeah. But we can never retire from... Until they can hear you all night. retire from doing the Lord's work. Yeah. It ain't finished yet. No way, Jose, until we go to be with him in heaven. Yeah. Amen. That's our retirement. We're Amen. Waiting. Amen. And 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 when he told me that same that's what I thought at first. I was like, geez, dad, you need to but he's like, there's still work to be done. There's still much to see. And so that came to mind when I was reading this passage and I said, Lord, there's still things in store for us that we can't even imagine. And and I want to encourage you today. I want to let you know that the Lord is not done with you yet. Uh, Nathaniel's faith was strengthened that day. 
Um, like I said, he wasn't talked about much, but I'm sure he, he walked along with the Lord and he witnessed incredible things, miracles, the resurrection, the ascension. Um, and so take heart. Um, sometimes we may think God is not going to do much with me or maybe he's done with me or maybe I can't do much for the service of the Lord, but there is always something he can do and there's always something he wants us to see. And so lastly, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And this was a pretty clear, again, uh, Jewish people knew their their Torah and they knew their, let's say, their Bible. They knew it. And so they understood what Jesus was alluding to. And he was talking about Jacob's ladder and what he saw, the angels coming and going. I don't know if you're familiar with that story. Um, Jesus made that declaration. You will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. He kind of foreshadowed what that ladder was going to be between us and heaven. Christ himself. He was going to be that way from us to heaven. And so this must have like impacted them in such a way, like I said, that they, it changed their life radically and, 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 and because of men and women that decided to, to come and see for themselves who this Christ figure was, um, we have, you can say our faith now, but you know, based on Christ, but these great women and men of God that, that, that lived for him, that died for him, that spread the gospel, we now have, you know, this gospel here for, with us. And so, um, I'm always thankful for that. Um, so he's not done with us yet. Um, and so my final wish is that we continue to seek. Uh, we continue to extend the invitation and we continue to, um, have that, um, drive to see what the Lord has for us. And sometimes, you know, we want to think about like Leonard. I, I love you know, Leonard. Just, he's, this place is not going to be able to contain the multitudes. Um, uh, so, and it's, it's powerful to have that vision um, and work towards it and pray for it and, and do, do your part, do my part. And so I want to encourage you again, um, continue to seek God in the, in, in the private. Uh, continue to extend the invitation to whoever you might think you know, needs to hear it um, and continue to patiently um, wait anxiously for what the Lord has for us. Um, like I said, th- these messages usually come and I'm like, this is God talking to me. This is the stuff I need to work on. This is what the Lord wants to do in me. And then two weeks later, Pastor Stewart will be like, hey, you want to share? So it's like maybe someone else needs to hear it as well. And so uh, I want to close this out in a word of prayer. Um, and uh, let's be encouraged by that today. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for, for today. I, I thank you for everyone that was able to make it out. Um, I pray that your Holy Spirit may continue to motivate us to seek you, Lord God, to seek you when not only when things get rough or tough, but in our everyday walk. Heavenly Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit may continue to guide us, show us um, our neighbor or coworker, our friend or our relative that might need to hear these words that we can encourage them as well and, and, and invite them to come and see what we've experienced, to come and see what, you know, what we've seen in you. Um, and Lord God, if, if we need a fresh, 
anointing, Lord, that we may receive that as well. I know sometimes life drags us down, life beats us up a little bit, and, and that, that flame that was once there kind of starts to, to dwindle a little bit. So Holy Spirit, I ask for a fresh anointing, and Lord God, I pray that fire that's in us just kind of reignites. And lastly, Lord God, that we may trust in you, trust the process that you have us going through, and that we may be confident that there are still things that you want us to see, that there are still things that you want us to reach, goals that we, we need to, to reach, dreams that we can still attain. Lord God, that we may continue to deposit our faith in you, and that we may continue to grow as a community, Lord God. I thank you for everyone that's here today. May you be with us the rest of the week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So be encouraged, folks. Um, everyone on YouTube, thank you for, for joining us. Um, stick around for... <laughs> thank you. We're going to have a lunch, right? So stick around for lunch. And thank you all for, for, for being here today. Thanks. Have a good one. Yeah. Great yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Very good.